so we we did like i said we did two levels um the infilling that the baptism of the holy ghost when we get born again as level one then the infilling we get when we receive the baptism of the holy ghost that everybody you know with the evidence of speaking in tongues and we 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 were clear that it's that is not the exact time that the holy ghost comes into a man because we we showed from scriptures that you you cannot get born again without the holy ghost so in is in that sense that that's it is not when you start speaking in tongues it is not when you start speaking in tongues that is your first encounter with with the holy ghost no in in first corinthians 12 i think it's verse 3 it says no one can call christ lord except by the holy ghost so without the holy ghost you cannot call god your lord and your savior so but that's level one but level two is is when the power the 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 dimension of external outflow of power is introduced the power in the first level where you get born again is the power to become the son of god but the power you receive when you when you with the baptism of the holy ghost is not just power for yourself it is power for an outflow it is power for an outflow of the new life that you have received and um so we'll continue with the third level which is basically holy ghost refills and don't forget that the over uh, the overarching theme of, of our bible study has been the foundational principles of our faith we've done repentance from dead works and faith towards god we are doing baptisms now we've done water baptism we are doing holy ghost baptism and then we'll continue from there if god wills so the third level of holy ghost baptism is, is simply called holy ghost refills and you find an example of that in the book of acts chapter 4 can we please turn our bibles to the book of acts chapter 4 from verse 24 let me start let's start from verse 23 it says and being let go they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, Why did the heathens rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the heart stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For the truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the only child Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, 
where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. So you see that though they had been filled, we read in Acts 2 that they had been filled with the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost came as tongues of fire. But this is again in Acts 4. This is the third time they are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember the first time when the Lord Jesus breathed upon them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Generally speaking, that time is counted as when they got born again. And then they received the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost came as tongues of fire. And now they are receiving another infilling of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they preach the word again with boldness. So this kind of Holy Ghost feeling is what you get from retreats, from withdrawing to spend time with God. These apostles had been going around preaching the gospel and they got into a bit of trouble with the leaders of the city. And after those ones are threatened them and all that, the Bible says they went back onto their own company and prayed. And they all lifted up. They, the Bible didn't say they, they stood outside where the elders and the Pharisees and Sadducees were dealing with them and lifted up their The Bible says they went back onto their own company. And then and they prayed. They all lifted up their voices together and prayed. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, refuse are, are so important because there is, there is a repairing of our vessel for more and for newness of God. When you consistently go back, this Holy Ghost refill, it, it, it takes different forms. But when you consistently go back for a refill, it, it is a way of renewing your vessel of renewing of repairing your vessel you know as you know as 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 children of god as you walk with god and you know you demonstrate his power and his glory what got the, the, the disciples into trouble was that they went about doing miracles and then they got into trouble with the authorities and then the god went back to their company and prayed and the holy ghost filled them again so as you walk with god and demonstrate his power and glory it's like it's like oil in a vessel so the oil, the oil level can decrease. The, as the oil is being used, the oil is being spent. As the vessel is also being used, the vessel can age. Therefore, there is the need for a third, bapt and, uh, a third baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this baptism is more than just being anointed to go out and do it again. This baptism is like a renewal. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says that we, we, we are treasures in hearthen vessels. And it's like somebody that stores gold in a clay pot. Nothing might happen to the gold, but, but over time, the, the clay pot is going to disintegrate. And in this case, it is the Holy Ghost stored in our, in our human vessel. And if, for example, if the Holy Ghost should manifest in his fullness in a man, that man would just literally disintegrate and just fall down and die. So there is a also as the weight of the Spirit rests upon our spirits, and we go about in that mouth and in that power. Tim or Banker, one of you need to mute your mics. Thank you. So as we go around with that weight of glory and, and, and power, there is a weakness that is that, 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 that our flesh 
being spent carrying such weight of glory the, the our bodies our minds our spirit needs to be renewed and in isaiah 40 31 days that wait upon the lord that they renew their strength this third feeling of the holy ghost is is basically like this you've been carrying let's let me if i can put it this way i'll say it's like you've been carrying god from coast to coast from pillar to pillar and all that but now when you come back for this kind of refill it's time for god to carry you it's time for god to renew you it's time for god to reassure you it's time for god to refocus you and it's time for god to empower you again you have gone around you have done the works of god one of the most vulnerable times for anybody any person that moves in the power of the holy ghost is after they have finished their administration and we will see an example of that and so these apostles had gone out they had done the work of god and then they got threatened and the bible says that they returned to their company and together lifted up their voices and prayed and one of the ways that you know that you are you are ripe for a retreat is when a place of victory starts to make you something that should be that maybe is a place used to be a place of victory for you suddenly you start to feel threatened suddenly you start to feel insecure suddenly you start to feel unsure that's how you know it's time to go for a reassurance it is time to go for a refill and if we look at uh, there's a story of that in 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 first kings chapter 18 you can quickly turn our bibles there first kings chapter 18 in fact all of us know the story in first kings chapter 18 is the battle between um prophet elijah and the prophets of baal the prophet says well uh the god that answers by fire let him be god and you must know that the prophets of baal will never have agreed to that deal if it was something they couldn't do the prophet of baal one of the ways they terrorized the israelites at the time was calling fire on them and burning them and their crops so they terrified the prophets of baal terrified the nation into submission and you know it, it, up to the point where there was famine in the land everybody was struggling but the prophets of baal were eating at the king's table and mm. you would notice that it was in that scenario jezebel was the one in charge the king came to the sacrifice jezebel sat at home because she was the one calling the shots basically and you know the whole kingdom had gone the way it had gone and and the prophet comes and says um he will whichever god answers by fire let him be god and the the prophets of baal thought oh this is easy we do this in our sleep that's why if you read that story the, the uh, prophet elijah was saying ah shout louder maybe he's asleep maybe he has gone on a journey it is because then everybody in town knew that Baal was capable of, of sending fire. But this day, Baal seemed like Baal was not at home. But he was at home. It was just that God had arrested him and was and it was time for judgment. And that and because of all their terrorism was why when the prophet said slaughter all of them, the people did not hesitate. Because it was finally their they were their, the fire they were afraid of 
had been quenched by the prophet. So suddenly the prophets of Baal became ordinary men. And the people grabbed them and killed all 450 of them. It wasn't Elijah that was busy slaughtering them one by one. It was the people that came as witnesses to the sacrifice that helped him grab the people and kill them. And then you get to 1 Kings 19. So the errand boy, who is the king, who is essentially the errand boy, runs back home. I'm reading 1 Kings 19 from verse 1 now. It says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah... That's how you know that Jezebel did not even leave her, her, her room with all the drama that was happening. It was Ahab that went back home to go and report to his wife, um, who is also his mother, what had happened. It says, And Ahab said, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. So now Jezebel sent a message and says, by this time tomorrow, I would have chopped off your head. If, if, if it was something she was capable of doing, why did she send the messenger? Why didn't she just send the soldier and say, bring me the head, just send the soldier and say, just bring me the head of Elijah. But she, she didn't do that. She sent a messenger first. And one of the reasons she did that was because if, if Elijah did not fear, there was no way Jezebel could touch him. Jezebel knew the spiritual principle behind it. So she needed to first introduce the concept of fear into the servant of God. And by that fear, he will become vulnerable. That's why I said that when a place of victory, look at the great victory Elijah just won destroying Baal out of the city. Everybody started to bow down to the one true God again. And then he got threatened and he got afraid and ran for his life. It was one of the reasons, and you know, I've, I've taught us before how this same spirit of, of Jezebel is perpetuated in Herodias and the spirit of Elijah is perpetuated in John the Baptist. And I taught us that one of the problems that John the Baptist has, he was supposed to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He did the spirit part. He didn't do the power part. The scripture tells us that John did no miracles. I can't yeah. remember the exact verse now, but the scripture explicitly tells us that John did not do a single miracle, whereas he was supposed to come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. And one of the things was when 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 John started to doubt the Lord Jesus, like Elijah was starting to doubt the power of God to deliver him from Jezebel. That was when he became vulnerable and chopped off his head. The only difference between the two of them was Elijah ran. John the Baptist had nowhere to run because the devil had gotten smarter. In the days of Elijah, Elijah had somewhere to run. In the days of John the Baptist, the devil made sure that John was in a place he could not run. And so when they when they asked that lady, ask me anything you want up unto half of the kingdom. He said, I don't want half of the kingdom. I want something more important than half of the kingdom. I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. 
and that head that Jezebel could not cut in the days of Elijah, she cut it in the days of Herodias and John the Baptist. Anyway, so now you see in, in this First Kings 19, you see um, Elijah running. Verse 4 says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came down and sat under a juniper tree. There is something about juniper trees. When, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Jonah also went to find a juniper tree. <laughs> they always seem to all go and find a juniper tree. <laughs> if you see a juniper tree, don't sit down under. It might be a sign. He <laughs> might, might be a sign. <laughs> so verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down on the juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise, eat. And he looked and built, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water oh. at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came again, saying, again the second time, and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Notice that he didn't say the journey is too far for thee. He said the journey is too great for thee. Because from here, uh, the prophet journeyed to Mount Oreb. Because uh, verse 8 says, And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat, forty days and forty nights unto the mount of the Lord. So wh when the prophet was requesting for his life that he might die, God did not even answer him. God first sent him food, hot food and, and, and cold water. And that is a place of... Re that's, that's many times when we in our Christian life or in our lives get to a point where you start to feel down, you start to feel depressed. What you need is a quick diet of, of bread baked on hot coals, the word of God, and water refreshing. So what you do in that instance is you run back to the Holy Ghost for a refill. It is proof when depression, when a child of God starts to feel depressed or, or disjointed, are things and why are things this way? Why are things not this way? It is a sign that you need to quickly run back for a refreshing, for a refill of the Holy Spirit. So it's, you know, uh, by the time you get to verse nine, he finally got to Mount Horeb, and and in in Monterey, we got into a conversation with God, and God started to give him new assignments. Go and anoint Elijah. Go and anoint Jehu. Go and do this. Go and anoint Azael. Go and do this. Go and do that. Instead of he was asking to die, what he eventually got was a fresh set of assignments to do so many times when we feel when the when we have won great victories the devil tries to send things like discouragement like you know somebody said we went to preach one day and there was mighty move of god and all that and and when he was going home you know normally you know it was expected to be honorarium or something and and they just came to me and said, Ah, man of God, we appreciate your grace, sir. We salute you, sir. God bless you, sir. And and <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and they left. 
the man got back home, I was so disappointed, I was so disheartened. The man of God went back home to go and drink his garden. And you know, in such instances, um, the, um, some things, some emotional things can set in. The devil can use that to work on, to say, see, this God thing is not working out for you. Maybe find something else to do. I told her the story of a man that was going to the mountain. I was praying, 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 praying. You know, and one of these days, one of these rich men went to the mountain. He had been seeing that man on the mountain. And he went to him and said, I've been seeing you here. Um, This is my problem. Please pray for me. So the that brother prayed for the rich man. And a few weeks later, the rich man had breakthrough. So the rich man came to say thank you and gave this man one billionaire. That was the end of the man's fasting and prayer. Mm. That was where the fasting and prayer died. On that, on the that means for if, if that means all of that spiritual adventure of that man died on the altar of one billion. You know, whereas maybe there were other things, maybe most likely there were things that God had in store for the man, but the man ended his spiritual uh, adventure on the altar of money. So many times, these are when issues like this come up, when when discouragement starts to come, or when the devil tries tries to knock. Many times, when the devil faces you head on, and you defeat him, he he tries to come in a more subtle manner. Starts to bring discouragement. Starts to bring um, you know, it starts to bring people. That will say things that will hurt you. Things that will say things that will that will pull you. That will, that will down your spirit. The remedy for that is to go for a a refill of the Holy Ghost. So, like I said, when you've gone out for the Lord, you should you must never forget to return to your company, because staying out as a lone wolf is both unwise, and is also dangerous. And I must say that returning to your company can mean you sitting down it might mean a physical company like maybe like a, an evangelist that goes around preaching 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 and after a while he comes back home now it is not it is not him that is preaching he is the one being preached to because he needs to refill because he needs to refresh and refuel so it can also mean this refreshing of, of the holy ghost is also going back for a refill can also mean taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with God, you know, in praises, in prayer, in fasting. In fact, if you if you want to sleep off in the presence of God, sleep off. When you wake up, you continue from where you stop. Uh, God God is interested in the total man. So we anybody that goes to God acting like a superman is not going to get anything from God. We go to God with all our flaws and all our scars and all our weaknesses and everything and that's when he's able to help us if god you know god god our strength is god's strength is made perfect in our weakness so if there's no weakness there is nothing for the strength of god to act upon so if you go to god claiming that you have no weaknesses all you have done is stop the hand of strength of god from coming into your own life so this third feeling is more than just 
you know you are you're already speaking tongues so it is more than just just uh, um laying on of hands this is this is is this is what keeps you going to the end of your race this is it is the practice of god's presence so it is more than just praying in the spirit it is a, it is an actual it's a personal fellowship with the holy ghost where it is just you and him where it is just you and God. A refill is what you get, you know. A normally, a refill is what you should get when you do your morning devotions. It is what you should get. It is also what you should get when you go to church and you spend time with people. You should always, in fellowship, we, there is, like I've told us, there is, there is what is obtainable in the corporate that it doesn't matter how much you pray. You will not, you will not, you, you as an individual, you are not big enough to carry it. That the weakest amongst us will be like David, but all of us together will be like God himself. He didn't say that the strongest of God will be like God. All of us together will be like God. So yes, as an individual, you might be David, you might be like Moses, you might be Apostle Paul, but... There is that which can only be achieved in the corporate. So anybody that doesn't expose themselves regularly to the corporate is, is, is endangering their lives. So any, and, and speaking of fellowship, any fellowship that you have with people that doesn't renew you in God, is, is, that fellowship is bad for you. If you, I, I'm sure all of us, it has happened. I'm sure it has happened to all of us at one point in our lives, where after having conversation with a person, you feel more like a sinner than a saint. Has it happened yeah. to us before? In, yeah, so. in, interactions like that, we must avoid. If if you can't totally avoid, you must minimize contact as much as you can. Any any. Any conversation you have with people that you end up having to go back to God to repent, you already know. It's not that the, the cure is not that you keep doing it and repenting. The cure is that you avoid such conversations. So, because as there are spiritual practices that can renew you in the presence of God, there are also practices that will drain you. And like we said, one of them is interactions with people that weigh down your spirit. There is, the, the, and, and you know, other things like, you know, that would help you in, in, in that help your renewal is, is taking a fresh study of the word of God, for example, you maybe you've been studying the word in a, in a particular way you can start it in a new dimension you can you can maybe just listen to audio scriptures or just pray in the spirit for long or just something that relaxes you in the presence of god where it is just you and god and the first, one of the first things you need to do is to find your wristwatch and throw it somewhere because god is a king and we are not the ones that dictate to him when he shows up. So when we are in the presence of God and we are hurrying, I mean, imagine standing in front of a heartly king and the and, and you are asking him for things, so and you're also checking your watch. What do you think the heartly king would do? 
So uh, now imagine doing that in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And and one day we will look at, at, at how to correctly approach God's presence. Because if, if we don't approach with reverence, if we don't approach with expectation, if we don't approach with 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 the heart with humility if we don't approach with honor we are not going to get anything from god if we are if if if, if we go to god like oh you know like that republican and the sinner like uh, lord i thank you because i'm not like the sinner sitting over standing over there i pay my tithe i come to church early i don't insult people i fast three times a week I, you know, you know, I give to the poor, you know, those poor people on the streets, I help their lives. And, that. and the sinner is just there. Like, the Bible says the sinner couldn't even look up. He said, Lord, just have mercy. Just have mercy. Because more than the things we have done for God, like we have said, is with who we are. And if you are not accepted, what you have done won't be accepted. So there are practices that must be in place. That's why people can be in church for years and they never seem to contact God one second. Because especially if there is no expectation, they are not going to get anything. And if they are not humble, they will not get anything. And if they are not, they are not actively seeking to engage with God. You are just here judging that person that is crying. You are you. The 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 man of God gives the word of knowledge. You want to see who the person is talking to is. God help you. So we must avoid things that drain us. Many many things. The devil will always. One of the things the devil does is to try to batter a child of God with so many things, bombard you on many levels, such that. You will lose your, your, your focus. You will lose your will to carry on. Look at the case of Job. Satan battered him from every angle possible. And you know, he was always leaving one witness to come and tell him the bad news. One witness to come and tell him the bad news. And at the end of it, the man just looked up and said, you know, the Lord give it and the Lord take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And his wife said, and then the devil entered his wife and said, Cause God and die. Why are you talking like a foolish woman? You know, every angle like that. The devil tried to, the devil went at Job from every angle. Uh, yet, the man did not, the Bible says in all of this, yet Job did not sin. So we must avoid anything that allows the, the, any, any space. We must, we must avoid giving space to the devil. And one way to make sure that we are fortified in every way is to constantly spend time with, before God for the Holy Ghost to fill us again. You, you, you can have personal refills of the Holy Ghost in your own bedroom with nobody around. Is there, there, there? Yes, you go to. There is a refreshing you get from listening to messages and listening to church and participating in church. You know, sometimes you can be so depressed and you get to church and by the time two, three people meet you with a smile, you forget what was even causing you to be upset before. That is part of the Holy Ghost therapy. The Holy Ghost can meet you in any way, but you must put yourself in a place where the Holy Ghost can reach you. I know. Um. We must basically have communion with the Holy Ghost daily, and and I'm I'm emphasizing this part because this is the the this is the source of true 
and lasting power with God. And, and, and I will show us about four definitions of power in the New Testament. And each one of those definitions is tied to, this they are tied to the level of the Holy Ghost baptism, of Holy Ghost exposure that we have. You know, I have told us the fact that you speak in tongues means that you have the Holy Ghost. But in no way does it mean that you know the Holy Ghost. Whereas it is in the knowing, not in the having. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, this uh, Pastor Benny told the story some time ago of a family that bought a, a that had a piece of land and they were trying to farm and farm and farm, and the the land was not doing very well, and they were, you know, they, they weren't too happy with it. And some one of and I think one of their family or some one of their friends said, oh. There is this new city that people are moving to and they are doing very well and people are established and all that. And instead of this family to pray and ask God for what they were supposed to do, they took the advice of the friend and they sold that piece of farmland that didn't seem to be yielding much. And they went. And the person that bought the piece of land was now speaking to someone someday and saying, this piece of land that I bought, come help me check it. And then in checking the piece of land, they realized that the reason that the land was not producing a lot was because there was crude oil underneath. Oh, no, wow. That, <laughs> so that was, yeah. The owner of the land became a, a billionaire, basically. And the people that sold the land, of course, where they moved to, is like is like moving to so Sodom and Gomorrah, basically. <laughs> so, you know, uh, quickly. So I'll just give us uh, four definitions of power as we proceed today. Uh, if you if you open your Bibles to Romans chapter one, because. Um, there is a necessity for power in the life of a believer. You know, Romans chapter 1 says, Paul, a servant, Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power. The power component must not be missing in the life of a believer. That's because that is one of the one of the marks of the Holy Ghost. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So if you have the Holy Ghost, but there's still no demonstration of this power in your life, you need to, it is a sign that you are, that you are not doing, level, you are not engaging the third level of interaction with the Holy Ghost as you should. Okay. And you know, there are so many, there are many levels. So because I have, as much as I've differentiated the coming of the Holy Ghost and power, I must also let us know that it's not like there's no power supplied when you get born again. There is. But there's the power that works in us. There's the power that works through us. And for many, once you are born again, there is a power that is working in you. 
the fact that's the power that got you born again but then there is supposed to be the part dimension of that power that works through you they that acts for where they said they went about doing signs and wonders after they had gotten their holy ghost refilled again they went about continuing the works of the lord jesus christ and you know in mark 9 the story where where the disciples could not cast out the demon the the fact the reason they attempted to cast out that demon is because they had been casting some out before and you know i've told us before the 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 seven sons of scapha they were doing exorcism they were casting out mm -hmm. demons and the demons were obeying them there was also a man when the lord jesus was alive that he was he was the bible says he was casting out demons and apple and apostle john was saying lord stop him he's not he's not even following you and the lord said why if, if he, anyone that is not against us is for us why should mm -hmm. i stop him so to a level there were people that were interacting there were people that were casting out demons at a basic level and the disciples were doing some of that until they got to mark 9 the same way the sons of Scepha finally met a demon that was from outside town and that one did not did not, did not listen to all the english they were saying you know, they, you know they were doing it before they had already developed the reputation for casting out demons and then mm. they met this one. This one said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know who are you? Yeah. And he beat them until tore their clothes and they were naked <laughs> and, and the people magnified God. So this was what happens to the apostles in Mark 9. They finally met a case that was beyond their pay grade. Everybody has a spiritual pay grade. And if until you are until you are on a higher pay grade, there are things you are never going to be able to do. The Lord was saying in Mark 9, 29, I said, this kind comes not uh, except by fasting and praying. It means there is a kind that will come without fasting and praying. But that kind that will come without fasting and praying is not as powerful as that which comes with fasting and praying. So if you want an increase in the power that manifests in your life, the Lord is saying that you have to do fasting and praying. In a, and, and you know, there are many, many other things. So anyway, let me just define these four types of power and then we'll go. Interestingly, in Ephesians 1 uh, verse 19, Apostle Paul actually mentions all of them. You know, the, this Ephesians 1 prayer is one of mom's favorite prayers. Um, Ephesians 1 um, 19. Let me start from 18. It says, The height of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Of his power. That power here, that power there, yeah. is, called, is called dynamis. You know, there, the, anyway, let me, let me quickly just go to the first level of power. Is called is is found in John chapter one verse twelve. John one twelve. This is the power you get that makes you born again. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. This is what you know Greek people will call exousia. It is it. This is what you get 
when the Holy Ghost, when you become born again, and it is the first, you know, the first baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is the power that you get. It is the power that makes you that by power that makes us become sons of God. The second level is that dynamis. And if you look at Mark chapter, it's the word appears in Mark chapter 5, verse 30. Mark chapter 5, verse 30. It says, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Another word for that virtue here is power. Another word for it is dynamis. It is basically, dynamis is basically the miracle working power. And this is what you get when you when you have the holy ghost baptism with the evidence of speaking to and you shall receive power after the holy ghost has come upon you shall be witnesses unto me so the the miracle working power dynamis is what you get for at the second level of of baptism it says so it is the virtue that way it is it is it is miracle power it is the capacity it is the power that 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 we are able to with which we are able to perform miracles and you know it is it is in stages because like jesus said some would happen only by fasting and praying but essentially this is the type you build by praying in the holy ghost so as you as now that you have the holy ghost and the, the reason you know when we are doing studying the ministry gifts one time i told us that the reason yeah, speaking in tongues is the only is the only gift of the spirit that is under your direct control. Every other gift of the spirit, the Holy Ghost gives you, but he keeps the key. You cannot as much as you walk in the gift of word of knowledge, you cannot give yourself word of knowledge. You cannot pull word of knowledge out of thin air. So except the Holy Ghost gives you a word of knowledge, you cannot say it. When people try to what happens to false people is that they try to keep both the gift and the key. No, the Holy Ghost gives you the gift, but the key to operate it, he keeps it. Except speaking in tongues. That one, God gives you both the gift and the key. so that you. And the reason is because it is, it is the key to the processor that generates every other thing. It is like the key to the Holy Ghost refinery. So when you pray in tongues, you have you build capacity. Jude 20, uh, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray long, when you pray through, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you start to build miracle power. You start to realize that things that you could demons, the um, ailments that were that seemed to be beyond you before. Now they are not beyond you. you. Lay your hands on them; those things vanish. It is promotion as you engage in the miracle power of God. And then the last two are found in the same verse, Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. It says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." See that word, if if you would say it in Bruce, you say finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the Kratos of his iscus. So the third one is called Kratos, K-R-A-T-U-S. And the fourth one is called Iscus, I-S-C-H-U-S. So the power of his might, the Kratos of his iscus. And these two, they are features of the third level of baptism. 
So Kratos is is the overwhelming power of God. Kratos is 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 the resurrection power. You know, the power that raised the Lord Jesus from the dead is is different from just you know you know the the miracle of raising somebody from dead is not the same as as healing their sick body because when somebody is sick if it's a demonic thing you cast out the demon and the person recovers but a person that is dead number one you need a power that puts life in the person you need that power to also take away what killed him in the first place so that it won't die, that thing won't kill him again and you need power, that power to call that person's spirit from heaven or hell. <laughs> I was telling someone yesterday, uh, when they went to go and, when they realized that A. Harlan was coming to a meeting and they went to go and borrow a dead body from the mortuary. Not one that died yesterday. And they brought to the meeting. And the servant of God got to the meeting. He didn't pray. He didn't do anything. He went there and said, I am A.A. Allen. And the dead man rose up. What the dead man had was not, I am A.A. Allen. What the dead man had was a thundering from heaven by virtue of the resurrection. What the dead man experienced was the resurrection power of God. This Kratos in question. That's why the Apostle Paul was saying, be strong in the Lord. That means be strong in, in, in the resurrection overwhelming power of God. The power that raised God from the dead. The almighty power of God. Kratos is like, is like supreme power. The power that overrules and you and and when this basically when this dimension of power is is up in operation hell knows that it is game over hell could not hold jesus this is the power that god manifest that god manifests when he wants to establish his supremacy over anything and and this this kind of power comes as you have deep fellowship with God, it is it is it comes as you pray consistently. You know, for 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 dunamis, for example, you can have let's say you have a meeting on Saturday. You can decide that Lord, okay, I have a meeting on Saturday. I am going to fast from today is Wednesday. I'm going to fast from today to Saturday, and I'm going to pray in tongues like a crazy person, and you do it, and then you get to the meeting on Saturday. A miracle start happening. You will be shocked that on Tuesday, the mad, if you pray for a madman on t on Saturday and the person got saved, you might be shocked that you will meet another madman on Tuesday and nothing will happen. You pray and nothing will happen. The reason is because while you have generated enough dynamics, enough miracle power for the meeting you wanted, you have not engaged long with the overwhelming power of God. This this kind of thing comes with time, comes with experience, comes with consistency. That's why while some people might be praying for five hours, five hours you, you call the servant of God and he just speaks one word. I, I you know I had a, a, a testimony recently. A man was in coma and the man was in coma and the wife didn't know what to do. So the man the, the wife went to a servant of God and said, Please help me, my husband is in coma. And the servant of God said, Hmm, in the name of Jesus, pot break. And the servant of God said, You can go. 
By the time she got back to the hospital, the husband had woken up. It was the husband that was now telling them. He said, when he was in coma, he was in a pot. So when, that all he knew was that a thunder came from heaven and shattered the pot. That was how he woke up. So it was when he woke up that that the, that the wife understood why the servant of God was saying pot break. But you know the man of God didn't launch into some prayer. You know, you know, you know, you know. When they say power is in cadre and in stages, this is what we mean. Something that might take me, me, I'll be praying and praying five hours and five. You, let's say, maybe one of you now has an issue, and me, I'm here praying five hours prior. You can carry that same issue to daddy, and daddy be like, "It is done in Jesus' name, the end, and your problem is finished." So. It is it is by consistency. In a way, like you build a power bank with God. That's why someone like Elijah could say, before whom I stand, there will be no rain according to my word. The reason he could say according to my word is because Elijah had no words except the word of God. So when what Elijah was calling my word was essentially the word of God. And in that process, you know, he, you know, he gave he then, he then gave God work to do. Now it was God, God now became responsible for sustaining him. Now, God, but you look at the way God did it. God provided rivers. God gave him a, an entire river for him to be drinking alone. And when God was ready, God dried up the river and sent him sent him to Zarephath. He did not consult. He, how God was going to take care of him was not his problem. But his challenge was to make sure that his words were the words of God. When you get to that point, that you are careful what to say because... <laughs> Because you know that he, he, what the only you, you don't have an agenda. You don't have your own. If God doesn't say anything, you are not going to say God said when God did not say. At that point, you can speak to or for God, and 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 you can you start to wield such. God starts to trust you with greater levels of power. And the final one is iskus. Iskus basically means God's is it is God's staying power, is might. Might is, is God's old when you say something that, that mighty, it is like God holding power, capable of sustaining you to the end. And and that word is actually from the root word that means to possess. And what it basically means is that it is the kind of power that that, that shows up in life of a man by being under the the under the rulership of God such that God is able to possess your vessel. You know, many of us have the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is just borrowing our vessel. You have There are boundaries where the Holy Ghost cannot talk to. As, as a general rule, if there are areas in your life where it is easier, easier for you to hear God than in other areas, that other area that is difficult, go and check the boundaries you may have put around it. Maybe at some point, the Holy Ghost was trying to talk to you about the Holy Ghost, See, um, when it comes to prayer, you can tell me to pray and fast, I will answer you. But when it comes to my money, don't even. And then you wonder why the Holy Spirit is, why it looks like you are not receiving anything when it comes to finances. You have already told him that it should not even, that you've drawn the line that this part, don't get it. And I've told us the Holy Ghost is not a rude guest, rather than strife with man. You know the Lord is the Lord said in Genesis said my spirit will no longer strive with man. 
what means is what that means is rather than the Holy Ghost arguing, he will carry his bag and leave quietly. You won't even know when he left. You know, I was telling us last week, the Holy Ghost comes with a bang. That's where when people receive the Holy Ghost, they are speaking in tongues on fire. Everybody knows that he's speaking in tongues. When the Holy Ghost leaves, the Holy Ghost leaves quietly. The Bible says Samson, Samson got up, shook himself, wanted to go out as before. He did not know that the Holy Ghost has left him. So this, this final kind of power comes when you subject yourself to the government of God, when you, you are no longer your own. It says, this is what, you know, uh, Isaiah 40, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Do you, which wings do you have? If a man is mounting up with wings like eagles, it's because it's possessed by the spirit of the eagle, which is a representation of one of the spirits of God. So the, when when the only when, a man that is possessed of 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 this power is such that the only the, that you do only what the Holy Ghost wants you to do, that you 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 become powerful because you do not step out of the boundaries of the Holy Ghost for whatever reason, and this level of authority comes to your life when you have shown God that God can regulate your life. That's why Jesus is the perfect example because there was nothing that Jesus said that was of himself. He, 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 he did not, there was not, not because he didn't have anything to say. And when the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost was the same. Jesus, the Lord Jesus was talking about the Holy Ghost, another comforter. And he was talking of him and said he would, he would, he would, he would, he would, he would teach these disciples things that they've learned. He didn't say the Holy Ghost will come. The Holy Ghost doesn't come to preach about himself. Not because there's nothing he can say about himself. The Holy Ghost is God. So there are things he can tell you about, about himself. But the Holy Ghost doesn't come talking about himself. And that's why he remains the fullness of the expression of God. So when uh, all these powers are in stages and in dimensions, but... The biggest of them, the resurrection power and the staying power, they are products of your fellowship. There are they are products of the third, the, the of the constant refuse of the Holy Ghost, constant top ups of the Holy Ghost, where you go from stage to stage. The Lord is expanding your vessel. The Lord is expanding your capacity. You're able to do more. You're able to do. You're able to go further. You're able to go further. You are showing God. This kind of things are things that are built over years. So if it's not happening today, don't 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 feel like you're a failure. Like you know, I was telling us that it is better to pray 15 minutes every day for an entire year than to not pray and, and be doing six hour tongues once a month. The Holy Ghost would appreciate your 15 minutes every day consistently. More than, oh, this night I'm going to pray from 12 to 12. I'm going to, the devil will know I'm speaking in tongues today. God is just going to be looking at you. When you finish exercising your ego, you should let us know. So um, that's the end of the lesson for today. Do we have any additions or subtractions or multiplication? Anybody?
the only thing I just want to say is that Christianity becomes very exciting when we key fully into the Holy Spirit. The realms of the Spirit is very wide and nobody can dive therein. It's just like saying you are you're swimming in the sea, except you're trained and you have the direction and you just get lost. Without the Holy Spirit, no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's the smallest thing, you know, the first part you mentioned. Just saying that Jesus is Lord, nobody can say without the Holy Spirit. Nobody can 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 do anything successfully in the spirit without yielding and clinging to the Holy Spirit. And uh, like Jude 120 says that we should build up ourselves on our own. The more we cling to the word of God, the more we cling to the Holy Spirit, the more we get established in the spirit. And let me quickly add this before. When you're talking of the supernatural dimension of God, you're talking of two important things. You're talking of the word of God released and embedded and rooted in our spirit, and you're talking of the power of the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, in Genesis 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters, and the Father spoke. You know, the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters to establish whatever the, 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 the Father says. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that establishes the word of God in our hearts and establishes us in God's purpose and in God's counsel. And nobody can enjoy Christian life. Christianity is dull. Christianity is dumb. Christianity is, is unexciting if the Holy Spirit is not involved in our lives. And we should consciously, deliberately, totally, fully key into the Holy Spirit. If it will take studying the scriptures for hours, please do. If it will take reading the word of God and studying more about the Holy Spirit, please do. If it will take you praying for hours and hours and hours, please do. Everything that it takes to get established in the Spirit, these are the things that you need. Because the truth of the matter is that victory is not won until the Holy Spirit sanctions your liberty, your freedom, and uh, attests to, you know, your, your who you are in the Lord and everything. The Father spoke twice to acknowledge the divinity of the Son. Right from heaven, he said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And until that level that God can say of you, in your life, in your business, in your marriage, in your studies, in your behavior, in your decisions, in your choices, in your going out, in your coming in, in your heart, desires, decisions, and uh, your thoughts and everything, that the Father can acknowledge that this is my beloved son. Until you get to that level in life, you're just joking. You're not dead serious. And the truth of the matter is that it is most dangerous to be left behind in the things of the Spirit. Because the men who are serving the devil, they are eagerly searching, researching, and delving into the realms of the Spirit, you know, get involved in human sacrifice and different types of sacrifices to know. That's why the Bible says the children of this generation, they are wise and they are dumb and the children of light. And uh, just like the scriptures in this verse, the children of Belial, you know, they'll be like tongues thrust away, but no man can handle with them with hands. So it's good that the man that we taught them must be faced with iron and the staff of his spear and they will be thoroughly born with fire in the same place. In this last day, there is going to be a power contest. 
and that is between us. It's not between Jesus and the devil. Jesus has defeated the devil. And Jesus said, I, as I because I overcame, you will overcome. And that's why these men who are rising now in this last days, all of us together rising up, defeating the devil and putting where it belongs and frustrating the tokens of lies and everything. Every one of us must key into this thing, get serious, get committed. Faithfulness is not an option, you know? Studying the scripture is not an option. Praying and praying and praying consistently, continuously, conspicuously, consciously. It's not, they are not options. We have to get serious and uh, be studious. The scripture is not joking when it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We should know more every day. Know more every day. Pray more every day. Research more every day. Wait on the spirit and do more for God and through God. For it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. God needs us more and he wants to use us more. And every one of us should yield to the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Lord will bless us. Bless the speaker. He has yeah. very wonderful our pastor. He's a teacher of the word of God and I always enjoy his teaching. And uh, it's been fantastic all of us listening together. And I yeah. pray that God bless us all. Amen. Amen. May we receive the endowment of power from on high, the ultimate power of God coming upon everyone tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus Amen. that they are can we just lift up our two hands, everybody? Can we just lift up our two hands? I'm praying tongues for one minute. Kuzikri Mustazadra we have prayed. Father, by faith, we receive your word from your servant, and we thank you for the exposition of the word of God tonight on the fullness of power. Lord, I'm asking that every one of us will be endued with power from on earth and Amen. will get deeper in the Lord and rise higher in the Holy Spirit and in the things of God in the name of Jesus. Everyone here today, a willing heart and a ready mind to go deeper and study more so that we will feel afresh completely with the power of the Holy Spirit and will be, become oracles of God in these last days in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let your upon your people, let your power come upon your people Amen. as what that we will not fail in these last days Amen. in the name of Jesus. God and build us as strong vessels in the name of Jesus. Million times. Amen. The anointing and the anointing of every one of us together in the 